Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Episode 44 of Wrestling 411 comes from March the 3rd, 2009, where we talked to Ohio State Head Wrestling Coach Tom Ryan and longtime wrestling broadcaster Coach Tim Johnson of the Big Ten Network. Coming to you live, this is the Wrestling 411. Keeping the wrestling community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any pinning combination. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. Light speed coverage like electrical bolts. We up 24-7 like a heartbeat's pulse. And this the 411 if you want the results. If it happens on the map, then we gotta report. And this is wrestling, man, the realest sport that's around. And if you didn't know about it, this is how it's going down. International coverage to them NCAAs. Everything on demand, and you can have it your way. With the latest recruits, rankings, folk, and interviews. Who, what, when, and where with the latest on the news want a technique tip or something really entertaining here's a double light glass that'll keep you motivated got you training like a madman getting it done on how to break him and take him until you make it number one coming fresh up off the press you about to get some and on to the wrestling 411 this is the 411 wrestling 411 this is the 411 wrestling 411 Welcome to Wrestling 411 Radio. I am Kyle Klingman, joined by Jason Ratcliffe Bryant. <laughs> you like that? I actually do like that. That's I a, do that's like that. That's a good that. one, man. It has, nobody knows what you're talking about right now. And that's but the fact, you do. But I do. Because uh, let me, want me to explain to the people what that means? Because I'd like to do that. If you would like, it's your Ratcliffe. Well, because... What we do is when we go into the office, which is in the other, is in the east wing, the east side of the Jay Robinson Wrestling Camp office, but owned by, you know, in that particular area. Other half, we've got the great people like Alyssa Downing and Jamie Krebs and Sarah Freetag, et cetera, Jordan Robinson, Angel Mackey, Kurt Foley, Andy Johnson. We can't not name everybody. True. So we, get, we deal with those people on the west side, but we're east side. So when we go in there, uh, you know, sometimes we're, we're greeted with surprises and potlucks and things like that. Well, one of the days, there were a bunch of shirts left over. From the camps of the summer camps, and these are the real good dry wicking. They're real good for for running and such. And I like them because one, they they they've given me that 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 fat guy level of absorbency when I sweat. That way, I don't have to soak through another shirt. So it gives me a little you know a little comfort that feeling to know that I'm not going to be wah, wah, embarrassed <laughs> in a public setting. But anyway, these shirts, if the Jay Robinson camps have the names on the back of them, so obviously the campers. Uh, and the counselors know who each other are. Mine actually happens to say Ratcliffe on the back. <laughs> I have seven or eight of them with varying degrees of names. So You got Ratcliffe on I, the I have one of them is, is Ratcliffe, yes. And I think another one's like Cernofsky or something. Uh, there's a long Polish name I think I have. So Yeah, well. Anyway, that being said, we got a good show tonight. We've had a busy week, and this is the, the middle ground between the Wrestling 411 Championship Crusade, is which, uh, which I have called it, 
This past weekend, Kyle, a great weekend. We were at the National Junior College Athletic Association Championships in Rochester, Minnesota, the 50th year of this event, and saw some really good wrestling. I'm really impressed with the, at least in the championships and the semis, the guys got after it. The excitement, you were saying the fact that the excitement, you didn't matter. It didn't matter if this was Division mm-hmm. One or junior college. The excitement was still there. Yeah. Then we get in the car, we drive across the state of Minnesota into one of the most barren landscapes in all of the country. It's southwestern Minnesota. You know, I made the joke, you can watch your dog run away for about four days there. It's an old joke, but mm-hmm. it still gets a good laugh. Yeah. In Marshall, Minnesota, great facilities at southwest uh, Minnesota State. And saw the Northern Sun, the NCAA Super Region 3, the qualifier in this particular part of the country for the Division II National right. Championship. So we put on about 540 miles in travel between the Twin Cities, Wabasha, Rochester, and Marshall, and back. And then it only gets better from here. So tomorrow we ship out, ladies and gentlemen, the championship crusade. The three weeks begins. Though the first part was just only a little bit of a, it was a tease, if you will. It was only 500 miles. Now, oof. You know, yeah. since I bought my truck, Kyle, I've put 2,600 miles on it. Man. Truckers are like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's just over a month. But anyway, we're oh, going to be at the Division Three Championships this weekend in Cedar Rapids. We're going to be at the Dan Gable International Wrestling Institute and Museum tomorrow for a show, tomorrow afternoon for a special, special show. That will probably be tape delay. We will be able to put that on the web after we finish it up. And do not believe that will be live. But we will have several guests, just like we were at the grand reopening of the Gable Museum, which, Kyle, you having spent time working there, for me, it was the first time I'd actually had a chance to visit the Gable Museum, and it was a really good time to be able to interview such, you know, such good wrestlers and, and good people in the sport. We had Brian Anderson on from Wabash College. We had Mike Chapman from, of course, the museum. Ben Askren was on. We had Northern Iowa Athletic Director Troy Dannon on. We also had Bill Smith on. I mean, we had yeah, some really was... big names. Ed Gable on. I mean, you can't get any better in terms of a tightness in terms of what we had that day, and we get to do that tomorrow, and then we get to do it all weekend with Division Three. So those of you that are going to be watching the Division Three championships, be sure to tune into the NCAA.com site. You'll hear some familiar voices, Kyle. Yeah, I, that's I'm real excited about that opportunity because we get to be a part of the television broadcast, which will air on NCAA.com. We are going to be doing the finals for Division Three. We'll be doing all four sessions for the Division Two. So it's a good tie-in with the NCAA and Wrestling 411. And going back to a point you talked about with the junior college that I liked is that this was a championship and the level of competition as far as the motivation of the athletes did not drop off. Got a nice email from Andrew Hips of Rev Wrestling talking about that, how it's, uh, it's really neat to see those guys get after it and there really wasn't a drop off when you talk about winning a championship and being a part of something special really no drop off from juco on up to division one it means the same to all of the athletes and as we tie into that jason i just want to make sure that we talk about this one last time before we leave on the trip and that is how important the investors in this program are we thank everyone who has been involved but as always, if you enjoy this program and want to be a part and listen consistently, we got a lot of great comments from people at the Junior College Nationals and the Northern Sun Conference. If you could, make a donation. We, we appreciate all the support we've gotten, but we need more in order to make this show thrive and continue to grow. So if uh, you feel compelled to do that, you can go onto the website wrestling411.tv, click the Donate Now button, 
or if you want to give us a call, our phone numbers are on the About section of the Wrestling 411 website. So there are a lot of options to do that. Give us an email. But, Jason, as you know, this is a, this is a huge part of how we're going to thrive and make this sport grow. You know, it's one thing. We got another donation over the weekend from a fan uh, from Augustana, and we really appreciated that. You know, it helps defray some of our costs a little bit because this is not something we're doing to get rich by any means. This is something that we're doing because we we honestly feel we're not going to the junior college championships to basically solicit you. We're going to the junior college national championships to cover the junior college national championships. If, you know, you think we're doing a, a good enough job to want to be able to do this more in the future, yeah, that's where we, we're sitting there going, hey, you know, a little from a lot, 10 bucks. You know, Kyle made the point. There's 18,000 wrestling fans at the Division One championships that are going to be there. You know, just a little bit from each fan. We, we would be never ask you for anything again because it would be funded. Right. You know, 10 bucks from everything, we're funded. Doom, done. We're not getting rich off this thing. We will be able to provide the coverage we want and the guests that we provide. We, I think we provide some very stellar guests, very timely guests. Very, this is the sales pitch, I realize. But we've got uh, Tim Johnson coming on from Iowa Public Television and Tom Ryan from Ohio State. We've had over 17 NCAA champions, Olympic champions. We've had 30-something coaches on. We've athletes from all divisions. So we're not just inclusive on the Big Ten or Big 12. We care about all wrestling. I love JUCO wrestling. I love D3 wrestling. I love D2 wrestling. I love D1 wrestling. Love it all. So that's the pitch. That's the pitch, and we appreciate all the support and support we have received up to this point. It's five dollars. It's yep. ten dollars. If it's a hundred dollars, thank you. Every every little bit helps. Yep, a we certainly do. So, and if you are at the Division One, Two, or Three tournaments, stop by and see us. We will be at them all. And if you catch us when we still have some shirts available, we'll have some uh, neat giveaways. Yeah, we have some giveaways. They went over really well at the junior college shirts. Anybody who's familiar with. Uh, the social networking site, Facebook, can check out a model being uh, presented by yours truly as my check profile out, man. picture. Yes, it's, check uh, it out on Jason. Yeah. He's wearing a I, I nice look rather shirt. dapper, yeah. It's a nice shirt. So we'll, uh, we'll be looking for everyone at the Division 2, 3, 1, whatever order you want to go on, we're going to be there. So look forward to that and looking forward to the Division Three, which is upon us, and the seeds have been released. Pre-seeds for the Big Ten tournament have been released. We mentioned we had the Northern Sun Regional, so all of the wrestling competition to qualify for the Division Three NAIA Division Two has been completed. And this weekend we have all the conference tournaments save the Pac-10. The Pac-10 just got finished last night, and that was an interesting uh, – Boise just dominated. Boise did dominate. Boise dominated. They had, what, seven champs, six champs? They had six champs, one runner-up. They scored an all-time Pac-10 record with 172.5 points. That was an all-time record. I thought I heard uh, Larry Meredith on the broadcast say it was uh, 180, but he wasn't 100% sure on that. But – Coming from the Big Ten, I mean, that's just it. That's impressive. Now, what what did you think about the situations with the qualifiers in terms of how the Pac-10 was the first 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 one through? You know, we had a couple guys that took uh, that lost in the finals and then got upset. You know, upset for true second. Clayton Jack, for example, of Oregon yeah. State, the heavyweight, he's going to have to sit and wait now. He is. I mean, that's the uh, that's the the system that is in play right now. But there's now, also but I the still argument. Like the argument is, well, you just wrestled a final. How are you going to get up for that match? Um, isn't this sport called wrestling? Right. Isn't you this about beating your opponent and, and not making excuses? I think, it, I think it's a legitimate gripe, but at the same point, you know going in, if you don't win, you're going to have to wrestle again. That's right. You know that. This is not like, oh, man, i got to wrestle again. No, you know that going in. This is not a new concept. 
And and so we, I don't buy the excuse. I mean, I feel bad for the kids that have to do that, but they knew it going in. Okay, that's what happened. I mean, some conferences have been doing the true second for a while. When like the Colonial, I know instituted instituted the true second, and it basically eliminated all the politics and the bracketing. Because if you haven't wrestled that guy in the tournament, you get a shot at him. Now, if you've beaten him and you finish second and he finishes third, done. You, you know, there's no need to wrestle. We saw it with true second division two at the Northern Sun. We had five or six true second matches. All right. And they were exciting. I think only one of them actually was where the one or two, one, maybe just one, where the, the runner-up actually didn't win. So... It's got about an 85% success yeah, rate. And I don't know. I'd, I'd love to actually see a number on that. But And, again, 278 qualifiers have been allocated, and it seems like the gripe over and over right now is the Pac-10 is going to get hurt, a conference that has traditionally sent about double what they are going to this year, they 20. 38 last year. Yep, close to double. So they, they send 20, but they have the opportunity for some at-large bids. Don't know how many they will get with only, what, 52 left to right. be allocated. And here's the thing. Look at 33 where you have uh, T.J. Dillashaw and Thomas Kimbrell finishing fifth and sixth, respectively. That's a situation where those two guys were definitely at-large you know, players had they finished third and fourth because the pack right. was only taking three at the weight. And those three that qualified, neither of the two were Kimbrell or Dillashaw, and Dillashaw was a seed last mm. year, and he finished the sixth in the conference. His career might be over. Right. It's uh, it's th- there are some situations and in the past. He's the type of kid, and in the past with a wild card situation, way it was, he would have. I guarantee you, with a sixth place, he would have gone. They would have fi- found mm-hmm. a way to put him in. Well, Boise State dominates all-time record 172.5 points. Oregon State second with 128. Cal with State no Bakers- champions. With no champions. Three runner-ups. Runners-up. How, how about Bakersfield? Bakersfield about places Bakersfield? third, 124.5. Two U- champs. Two champs. UC Davis, 102.5. Arizona State, 101. They have a champ with Anthony Robles who dominated the competition. Chris so. Druin was upset at 141 by Elijah Nasita. So that was uh, he got up. The Cedar got up five nothing and uh, and pretty much skated the rest of the match. And Adam Dru- Hall, Druin was not happy. Yeah, Hall was upset too by Chase Pammy, Cal Poly's lone champ. I don't know if you could say it's an upset, but because you know Pammy hasn't placed at the nationals. Well, of course, at this point, neither is Hall. But that just shows you how the depth of the national scene in 157 pounds. A guy like Chase Pammy is just in the, in the mix just as much as anybody else. That's right. So. Right now, Boise State sits with seven qualifiers for the NCAA tournament. That's a really good showing at the Pac-10, given that they only have 20 qualifiers, so they get seven of the automatic qualification spots. Roughly a third. Roughly a third, so it's going to be interesting to see how this gets allocated. Doubt, though, if they got 20, Jason, when we think about it, that Pac-10 will get that many more qualification spots. Well, it's curious. I mean, I'd love to look this up. We'll probably have a chance to look this up more on Thursday's show. But according to the Pac-10 breakdown numbers, where are we at? I'm looking at where our wild cards are. Okay, so the Pac-10 qualified three at the first three weights. Then we had two at 49, two at 57, just one at 65, 74, and 84. Two at 97 and two at heavyweight. So look at these numbers. If you look at the place winners, if you scroll through, I don't see a whole lot of, of guys. I think Kimbrell and Dillashaw at 33 are good examples. I think Clayton Jack at heavyweight is one that would. If you Let's scroll through the uh, the bracket here real quick and see just on the off the top of our head what we can see. You know, this is without deep analyzation. I mean, you take the top three, so you've got Robles, Zotaway, and Orozco. I think Brian Owen is a possible wild card, so that's one. 
thing is Brandon Lowe, Thomas Kimbrell, and T.J. Dillashaw finishing four, five, and six. Kind of hard to justify all that. And see, here's a situation where the National Wild Cards might pull Dillashaw and Kimbrell over Lowe, even though Lowe finished higher in the conference. This is a situation where it resembles basketball, and I hate to say that. I don't want our sport resembling basketball because I think our sport is, quite frankly, a little more exciting or a lot more exciting. Uh, I think Duanus at, at 41 gets a qualification spot. That's, that's a good win for him. But after that, I think Corey Fish. So we've got possibly five or six already. Uh, let's see, at 49, we've only got two. So who finishes third? Barrett Abel, possibly. You know, he, he's on the board. He was on the bubble to start mm-hmm. with from Cal Davis. So that's another one there at 49. So right now, I don't think that that's six or seven more in just the first four or five ways that are definitely on the board. At 57, we had two. Esperiqueta of Stanford. I think he's a quality kid. This year. He almost got in on his own. So, you know, the Pac-10 really is... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Looking good in terms of upsets and whatnot. So at at least the first five weights, I think they're fine. Well, and What do you think? Well, you're right. And I think that uh, when you break this down, uh, of course, we talk about I think about they're going to get six or seven more bids. They're going to lose they a net. They're going to lose a net of like 11 maybe. But they're not going to lose all the 18. I mean, I think they're going to get at least six or seven more bids. And they're going to be kids that qualify. I mean, we got Clayton Jack who finished second. He was actually a true – he lost to Richard Acala. And then at 97, you got Chris Well, Halsey, and Feist. I think all three of those are quality, even though Feist uh, was a sixth seed coming in. Otrembo of UC Davis, he could throw a monkey wrench into the equation. Uh, Jake Johnson, who we was discussed a little bit on the message boards, takes third. I don't know there. I mean, he's he's got – 14 losses. Who knows? Uh, Eric Starks and Kyle Bressler. Starks up, you know, Starks beating Bressler. Uh, definitely got Arizona State in a situation where Starks could qualify, but only Nate Lee went. So Bressler could go, and Starks could go. I think his second place might be good. I think Bressler still has a little bit more of an argument, even though he beat him head-to-head. So this is where you're going to have to look at it. Head-to-head, conference place, all those things are going to come into play. So I think the Pac-10 is going to get probably six or seven more. And not only that, I think the other thing that we'll factor in is how these higher seeds who don't have a good tournament, how they get bumped down and how they pan out as far as the wildcard bursts. And, and the only way you're going to see that is when all the conference data comes in. So as we look at the Pac-10s, it's a little deceptive because you can say one guy earned it, but we don't know how the rest of the, the conferences are going to play out. So I think that's going to be a big difference on how we allocate this. But really, th- there isn't much wiggle room. And when Tom Brands was interviewed in an article that Andy Hamilton did, he talked about how he liked the 
qualification system. But if he said, if you think for a second we're counting on getting any of the wild cards, you're crazy. So, uh, you know, vintage Tom Brands on that comment. But it's the point remains that essentially you have to go in with the idea that you're going to win the tournament, you're going to get one of the automatic qualification spots, and not even consider trying to get a wild card. That that is what it is. It's a, it's a wild card. So we'll uh, we'll see how things pan out, Jason. And I'll tell you what. Looking forward to tonight's show. As you talked about, we do bring on great guests, and tonight we have two of them. Tim Johnson, who is the longtime voice, has been with College Wrestling on Iowa Public Television for 23 years. He does ESPN, Big Ten Network, Fighting Illini Network. We're going to talk to him about the upcoming NCAA tournament, what kind of television coverage we can expect. And then on the second portion of the program, we're going to have Tom Ryan, His Ohio State Buckeyes are ranked sixth in the nation. They play second at last year's NCAA tournament. But we're going to be back next with Tim Johnson on Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back with segment two of Wrestling 411 Radio. I am Kyle Klingman, joined by Jason Bryant. And our first guest this evening is Tim Johnson. Tim just completed his 23rd year as the voice of Iowa Public Television's longest-running sports series, College Wrestling. During this time, Johnson has broadcast over 175 college wrestling meets for IPTV, the Fighting Illini Wrestling Network, ESPN, and the Big Ten Network, and he is on the live line now. Welcome to the program, Tim. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. And when we talk about college wrestling and broadcasting, the first thing we need to mention is Iowa Public Television, but there's been some talk that public television might not exist after this year. Fill us in on what the idea behind that is, and can we expect that quality coverage from public television in the future? Well, um, you know, I'm not the administration there, but uh, um, it's just the times. We're, we're all in it. 33 years Iowa Public Television has had college wrestling, and it would be a shame uh, to see uh, it not be anymore. I mean, um, uh, I'm sure that the uh, finances, uh, the cutbacks from government uh, have a lot to do with it. Uh, um, but uh, maybe a little bit with the, actually, the good, the good news is that I think there's a resurgence in a, it's really a golden era for uh, wrestling, the Big Ten Network, ESPN, um, increasing their coverage, and that might hurt Iowa Public Television a little bit, but when you really think about it, uh, there's still, you know, Iowa State, um, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Nebraska, UNI, um, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State, which uh, they did a, um, a kind of a joint venture with the Big Ten Network, so there's plenty of great wrestling, and so, and, and, and also the, the Iowa Conference, that's, that's tremendous wrestling. And so, really, it's just that now is the time for someone who really says, this just can't happen, to say this is something that I'm going to give my life to during the next six to nine months and, and uh, help Iowa Public Television raise the money they need. It's as simple as that. Tim, you've been broadcasting for a long time. Give us a timeline on what college wrestling coverage was like when you first started compared to now how much has it evolved well i think we all know that um the reason that uh, the um iowa public television videotapes um 20 years ago were such a big commodity um around the nation and all over is because there just wasn't any college wrestling being shown and so 
for a while until they ran into some issues that they couldn't do it anymore. That was uh, a, a truly a, a great service, and it was a, um, a form of income uh, for Iowa Public Television because people said, hey, I, I don't care if it's a few days late. Um, I, I want to see some great college wrestling. And, of course, Iowa, Iowa State and any of the Big Ten or Big uh, 12 schools they were wrestling um, were, were great wrestling that was it. Uh, there was a little bit uh, locally and other places. Uh, uh, every once in a while, Oklahoma State would have one on Lehigh uh, in the Lehigh Valley. But uh, now, I mean, just think about it. There's um, uh, there's a dozen Big Ten Network uh, uh, shows. The Big Ten Network. I mean, the Big Ten Championships shown live. Uh, Twelve hours. Excuse me, I'm getting over this cold before this weekend. But uh, um, Twelve hours of live wrestling for the NCAA championships. And I got a little bit in every year. It gets a little bit better, but we do the quarters on ESPNU live. And then for the first time this year, the semifinals with the two boxes will be on ESPN two, not on ESPNU. Everybody's got ESPN two back to the metal rounds, um, Saturday morning live on ESPNU and then prime time, uh, the finals on ESPN. And so it's come a long way. Now, Tim, I believe this is this will be your fifth year with ESPN for the finals. Is that correct? I think it's my sixth. Fifth or sixth? Yeah, because I remember the, I think was it your first year out there when I was in when I was in with you guys or not? I'm trying to figure this out. Hey, I don't know. It, they all seem to run by. Guy, I think. Yeah, but it's exciting and and it is my sixth with ESPN and um, my second with the Big Ten Network. Now, in, in just those six years with ESPN, what have you seen from the network standpoint, from that particular uh, outlet? And, of course, you've worked with several of them for wrestling broadcasts. What have you noticed from the ESPN standpoint of the increase in coverage? Why do you think there is the increase in coverage? Well, first of all, Jason, I mean, you alluded to it, so I want to take this answer. You, you ask a great question. One thing, I always believe that the success in college wrestling TV coverage is in the truck. I mean, uh, for years, uh, Iowa Public Television had Doug Brooker as their executive producer, and now he's freelancing, and he's the producer uh, and director for the Big Ten Network shows. And so I'm working a familiar person who has shot three uh, Olympics. Now Pat Rowan at Iowa Public Television does a great job. And at ESPN, John Vassallo, the executive producer down in Charlotte in the ESPN Regional, and that's where the ESPNU and the ESPN2 uh, shows come out of, he's as great a leader as I've ever been around. And so I think it's leadership back, you know, in the decision-making. It's then the cameras and the producers and directors in the truck and the easy part are for us that are talking about the sport we love. And I see a desire on John Vassalo's part to increase uh, wrestling on ESPN, ESPNU, etc. I see a desire on Big Ten Network. I mean, in the Big Ten Network, we're into 36 million households. Take that, let's say, conservatively times one and a half. That's 50 million people we're in the households of exposed to. And um, they uh, advertising is big. And, and now, like USA Wrestling is advertising the uh, world trials. Um, Jay Robinson, he gets it. He's advertising his camps. And the more people in wrestling that catches on to that, the more coverage we'll get because they'll say, hey, there's revenue coming in. From my understanding, we're the third most watched sport on the Big Ten Network. 
And another portion that uh, we want to plug as far as ESPN is that your co-host for the college wrestling on Iowa Public Television, Jim Gibbons, will be a part of the ESPN 360 where you can watch the quarters and semis as well. So that's an additional thing that ESPN is providing. Yes, it is. I mean, they want to give us good coverage. I mean, when I talk about uh, the leadership there, they want it to be excellent. They want it to expand. And um, we have, you know, pre-round pep talks. And we talk about what it takes to make this round the best. Not only who are we going to show, but we talk about pacing ourselves so that we had come to a crescendo um, with 360 and ESPNU during Friday and then the big show Saturday night. Are we ready? Are we, are we, are we going towards the mark? And, um, and I think something that uh, we've done more and more in college wrestling with ESPN and Big Ten Network is um, interviews, uh, more um, personal with the wrestlers and the coaches. And, and um, I, you know, I think that brings in um, new uh, viewers. Of course, we want to uh, appease and, and, and provide a, a great resource for the uh, wrestling nation. But we've got the people that are saying, what's on the Big Ten Network tonight? What's on ESPN? They come over, and I just talked to a guy today, and he was an Ohio State fan. He said, I knew you were going to be on. I've never watched wrestling in my life. I, I got in. I thought I'd just listen to Tim for a while. And he said, man, that was fun. It was great. I, I, I watched the entire meet. I learned a lot. And, you know, the more we get of that, uh, I believe the more exposure we'll get on television. How much do you think 2002 NCAA tournament when ESPN News actually broke in and went live with Cale Sanderson winning his 159th match in a row helped college wrestling to get some of this uh, coverage that it gets right now? Well, I think Cale Sanderson is just, I mean, he, he's, um, I'm, I'm sitting in my son's room right now and looking at Cale Sanderson ho- holding a high V chunky soups, unstoppable taste, un- unbeatable value uh, poster that came out. I mean, how do you measure the value of what Cale Sanderson did? Um, it's just, it's, it's immeasurable. And so they caught the moment and the moment is there forever. And, uh, when people talk about winning streaks, um, you know, they talk about Cale Sanderson, they know. And so ESPN, of course, caught it. ESPN is the uh, a station that everybody is, uh, a network that everybody's looking at. And so it was huge, but I mean, you know, they just were cashing on to something that really Cale Sanderson was responsible for. And, you know, it's just he's just a tremendous ambassador for the sport. Now, Tim, speaking from wrestling fan standpoints, we, we like to bicker and argue about a lot of different things, or why our sport is disrespected or why our sport doesn't get coverage. What do you think, at least from a broadcasting standpoint, and I think you might have alluded to this with your, your production answer earlier, what is it going to take to get Friday night dual meets on ESPN. I mean, Big Ten Network's got them, but what's, what is it going to take to, to say, trump uh, women's basketball on a Friday or, or Saturday night on ESPN, the, the big network, to get people to actually pay attention be like, okay, this is more important to the sports landscape than this, than this, than this round ball game here? Well, I think you guys aren't old enough, but Todd Rundgren's first album, I mean, they said, hey, you want, will you play some more? And he said, just throw money. And um, I think that uh, the reality is viewership, money, 
and as people see, all of a sudden, if our wrestling people who are, you know, are in the wrestling business from apparel to equipment to um, creative, creative thinking, like uh, Jay um, with camps and uh, USA Wrestling with um, promoting the World Trials and saying, hey, we want to invest in the Big Ten Network. We want to invest in ESPN, and we will. We think that, uh, you know, it is a good place. Uh, to put our advertising dollars. I, I, I think it really comes down to that, Jason. Do you think some of it might be the fact that wrestling scheduling uh, has some real issues in terms of how often we have home dual meets? Sure. I don't have the answer, but the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, you look at, I mean, if you go to an individual school, every one of them have a problem with their own um, their own scheduling because it doesn't make sense sometimes for uh, the fans get off television for a minute and you're going, how do you promote a sport that has two dual meets at home, December 5th and December 11th, and they don't have their next two dual meets until February 20th and the 22nd at home. And so then if you, if we can't get that um, taken care of just for our fans that come and watch, it's a little hard to get something that the people in, uh, at, at the ESPN Big Ten Networks can understand to the point where they go, this is perfect. But I think we're getting there because we're talking about it. We're working at it. But we do have to get to somewhere where they're going, oh, that makes sense. This is perfect. You'll do that for us, then we'll do this for you. Now, what about the there, – there might be some critics out there that what, wrestling fans, again, we're, we're, we're a fickle breed – but might look at the Big Ten broadcast and, and look at this Wrestling 101 uh, segment or the, the championships, and we're explaining the rules. How much of that comes from the network itself in terms of explaining it to the layperson? Or, and do you think it's dumbing it down for the sake of the sport getting on television, or do you feel it's, it's necessary? Jason, that's 10 seconds of the broadcast. Exactly. I and agree with you there. It's 10, it's 10 seconds. It's something that's, that's being polite. It's something that, um, it, somebody that complains about that, they're just, they're just always looking to complain. And, uh, so, uh, no, it's not something I come up with, but, uh, you know, you're thinking about how can we help the people that are coming on saying, what's this? And we go, Hey, we're going to help you watch this. We know there's a balance between, um, you know, the wrestling nation, um, and yet, hey, they should be saying, oh, yeah, that was for the people that we're trying to um, draw into this sport. And so it is a balance. We do have to watch it because we don't want to dumb it down at all. But we want to make it, it's a hard enough sport for the um, first-time viewer to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Understand and we want to help them. Tim, in addition to your duties as a commentator for ESPN over the Division I Wrestling Championships weekend, you wear another hat, and it is the popular breakfast that takes place every morning on Friday before the quarterfinal round. Tell us about how rewarding that has been for you personally, and this has been an event that a lot of people look to as much as the NCAA tournament itself. Well, it really is, Kyle, and you've been coming since the beginning, and um, of course, uh, people that know uh, me know that I've uh, been uh, a director with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for the last 16 years and uh, 1995 my friend Bob my friend Bob Bowlesby and I were talking and he was of course the athletic director at Iowa at the time and the NCAAs were going to be there and we said uh, the final four the Super Bowl they have um, you know big SBA breakfast why not wrestling we started it we've had Olympians and NCAA champions get up every year to testify uh, to how their faith in Christ and their competitive spirits intersect and how it all works together and this year we're going to have our uh, 15th annual and it'll be at the Marriott Union Station same places we always have it over 400 will attend um, when we're in St. Louis and um, it will be on Friday, uh, March 20th at 7.30. And it's going to be really neat this year because we um, are going to have a father and sons in wrestling theme. And um, a video is being put together of um, Jordan Lean and, um, and uh, Justin Kerber um, by a former All-American, Tyler Bear, um, who has worked together um, with them in their church. And they're going to talk about how their fathers helped them with wisdom in life and in wrestling. And there'll be, it'll be a great video put together. And then at the event where Nate Carr and Nate Carr Jr. are going to emcee it, we will then bring Jeff Kerber, who is, of course, a former three-time All-American at Iowa, and Mark Lean, who is a, a, a very good college coach in um, in. in you know, has done a lot in wrestling, the father's up on the stage to respond to what their sons have said. And then uh, John Peterson and Justin Peterson will uh, end the day in prayer. And it's just going to be a great theme, and um, it's a great opportunity uh, for uh, uh, just a great event for everybody at the NCAAs. How do people get involved in that event? I believe you have to sign up prior to during the session one at the NCAA tournament. Fill us in on how. Uh, in- if people are, you know, the people that are listening right now, if you want to um, come to that breakfast on Friday morning, you're done an hour before the event starts, and you can just walk from Union Station right over to then the quarterfinals. But uh, we. Uh, Distribute tickets. They're free to NWCA members, and they're only $10 to uh, um, uh, regular fans. And we um, distribute them at the NWCA booth during the first round on Thursday. And there'll be plenty of announcements about it, but uh, that's how we do it, and, and everybody's welcome. One thing that a lot of listeners might not know is that you were the high school coach of Greg Randall. You coached him to four state championships. You were actually the first coach to coach someone in Iowa High School Wrestling Championships and be the coach for the entire four years. You did that 
at Mount Vernon High School. Greg Randall's having a good season out at Boise State. Did you know in advance that Greg Randall had the capabilities to be a good coach? Oh, yeah. Greg was one of the most coachable kids anyone could ever have. And um, Greg, you know, he's he is a competitor. Um, he loves to win, but he has a, a calm side to him that uh, just makes him a tremendous uh, uh, coach that uh, I'm sure that he is, uh, you know, he's a co- he's a he's an athlete's coach. Uh, he cares about his kids, but he's competitive, and I, I understand why he's winning some recruiting wars out on the uh, west side of the, of the country because uh, he, uh, he gets after it, and he has a, a great desire to build something uh, really, really memorable out there because he loves it. He and his family, they love the big sky country out there, and they, he just wants to stay and build something uh, really special. And I, you know, when I think about who's going to do well uh, in the NCAAs this year, and if you uh, had to, you know, nail down a top ten, I, I think Boise State will be uh, uh, right there looking at a potential top ten finish. What heads the list for Tim Johnson of what we should look for at this year's NCAA tournament? Well, from a team standpoint, I, I just, I, I, you know, I look at it, and when you look at who has the most horses, obviously it's Iowa and Iowa State. I mean, um, if only one of them had um, eight or so that could be in the hunt, then there's a possibility that they, you know, they just have bad days and they'd fall back. But, Two people with that many um, wrestlers in the hunt. I mean, two two schools with that many uh, wrestlers in the hunt. I doubt if both of them falter. Uh, so if you, I, I think that Iowa and Iowa State are the two teams that have the best chance to win uh, the NCAA's. And then you look at, um, you know, Ohio State and Cornell and Nebraska and Missouri, and they have four or five in the hunt, and you know, they could go up there and get as high as second because one of those two at the top may falter. And so you, those four teams are really going to fight it out uh, for that uh, second, third, uh, fourth spot. Um, and then uh, I think then there's a group that also have four or five that could be in the hunt. It's Illinois, Lehigh, Boise State. And here's my sleeper for a top six finish. Um, and, that, you know, if I sneak in for six, I make it and everything. I think... From a tournament standpoint, Wisconsin has some um, has some wrestlers. Well, they got to get to the Big Ten and be ready to go. But I think they have uh, four or five uh, that could make some noise. All right. If you are going to the NCAA championships, or if you are not, you get a chance to see Tim Johnson. If you're going, check him out at the FCA breakfast. If you are not going, check him out on ESPN. He'll be broadcasting the finals live. Tim Johnson, we thank you for being on this program, and we look forward to seeing you in St. Louis. Well, I thank you because what you two and what everybody in 411 and every and what you guys are doing is part of what I think is uh, we're going into a golden era of wrestling coverage, and you guys are leading the way. So thanks a lot for having me on tonight. Well, we appreciate having Tim Johnson on. Up next, we are going to have Ohio State head wrestling coach Tom Ryan next on Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back with segment three of Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman. That is Jason Bryant. And we were talking with Tim Johnson. Our last guest of this evening is Ohio State head wrestling coach Tom Ryan. 
two-time Division I All-American for the University of Iowa. And we thank you for joining the program, Tom. Yeah, thanks for having me on. First question I think that everyone wants to know about is Jay Jaggers returning NCAA champion, defending NCAA champion at 141 pounds. It looks like he will not even be seated at the NCAA tournament. If he does, it'll be a low seed, possibly an 11 or a 12. Can you fill us in on what challenges Jay Jaggers has had this season as far as being consistent, and do you think he has what it takes to make a championship run this season? Um, well, Jay Jaggers is a person who has a deep amount of respect and, and pride in, in the sport of wrestling. It's, it's been a part of his life for a very long time. Um, Jay Jaggers is a, is a man who has won uh, at every level, um, when it when it mattered most, I'd say at every level, and Jay Jaggers is absolutely ready for the Big Tens and will be ready to defend his national championship. He certainly hasn't had a season that he wanted uh, to this point. Uh, I mean, he did the right things all summer long. We feel uh, his, his his weight was certainly an issue during the year, but this is a guy that cares about being successful. He cares about the Ohio State wrestling program, and uh, you know, obviously the staff. We believe he's ready, and we, we believe he'll show that. One of the things that you have wanted to do is recruit a lot of Ohio wrestlers to your program. That's been one of the criticisms possibly in the past that Ohio State lets some of the best kids get out of Ohio. You've said in the past you want to fence the state of Ohio in, keep them all at Ohio State. How do you propose to do that? Well, I think when we got the job, you know, me and the staff went around to different parts uh, of the state. We set up meetings with, with kind of the people of the state and let them know our vision for this program. I think uh, you know it went over well overall because I think uh, you know we're we I guess I feel like I'm in a service business. Um, we're certainly here to serve the people of Ohio, our student athletes, our administration, and uh, you know, I think that was the first step in reaching out to the people of Ohio, obviously, and saying you know this is a program that you know you can get a great degree, you can uh, win a national championship, and of, and of course I think we 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 you know firmed some of that last year, having two 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 champions and three in the final, so. I think that was the first step, uh, you know, creating friendships with, with the coaches and people of the state of Ohio. Coach Ryan, you obviously built a, a championship team, at least with the, in the Colonial Athletic Association, when you were at Hofstra and, and made them a national player. What is, what is the similarities, or I guess, and the differences between year three now at Ohio State and year three when you were building the program at Hofstra? Well, you know, Hofstra was an incredible opportunity for me. Obviously, very grateful to the people there to hire me at a young age. I clearly was not ready to coach a Division One program when I got there. Uh, you know, there were four scholarships there when I got there. Obviously, there are 9.9 here. Uh, it was a program that, you know, was, was very good in the early 80s and had dropped off uh, for a while at Hofstra. So it was, re, you know, rebuilding the sense of, of uh, that a young man could, could reach his, his goals uh, at Hofstra, so you know the, the 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 differences are great uh, at Ohio State. Obviously, I feel that uh, you know we can we can we can recruit and get my first choice. Our first choices with with throughout the recruiting process, the administration at Ohio State, you know, is ready to you know support a team that's fighting for a national championship. I mean, they ask you how they can help. So, uh, Hofstra is a great learning experience for me. The program now is doing outstanding under Tom Shiflett's leadership, but uh, you know, year three. At Hofstra, we were trying to, you know, win a few matches. Year three at Ohio State, you know, we're we're, you know, sixteen and two and, and eight and one in Big Ten, you know, Big Ten competition and and, uh, you know, f- you know, fighting for national championships. So, you know, 
you know, quite a bit of differences between the two, actually, in the first three years. Well, with Ohio State, you do have the facilities. This is kind of the program that everyone wanted a couple years ago when Russ Hellickson retired. It was kind of the shot heard around the world. It triggered a lot of things. How much support and how much investment has Ohio State administration put into the wrestling program to make sure that they are competing for an NCAA title? Yeah, well, I think I think in, in any business, uh, you know, people uh, partake in. It is nothing more important than your boss uh, being as hungry for success as you are. And at Ohio State, you know, we have a leader in Gene Smith that that cares about the sport. He's a wrestling guy. Obviously, he was at Ohio. He was at Iowa State, then Arizona State, and of course now at Ohio State. So we have a person leaving leaving the university that uh, you know is is a fan of wrestling. He attends our matches. Uh, you know, he stops by and see our guys to see our guys before we leave for major competition. So and he likes wrestling. Um, my immediate boss, T.J. Shelton, I have an immediate boss who who cares about the sport. I mean. Uh, he comes in the office every day and asks, you know, what what can we do? You know, how can we how can we get better? What things do you need, you know, to to continue to grow and improve this program? So just the leadership and the support of the place, you know, is is uh, is incredible. It's it's great to be involved, and again, very grateful for my time at Hofstra. But it's really great to be involved, you know, in in the sport at a level where, you know, you know, you you really have an opportunity, uh, you know, to to. Uh, you know, to reach the highest goals uh, in the sport. You wrestled at the University of Iowa, two-time All-American, placed second and third. Last year, as the coach of Ohio State, you placed a distant second to the University of Iowa. What will it take for a team or teams to make a run at this juggernaut, the Hawkeye juggernaut? What have you learned from the program when you were there as a wrestler, and what can you take from that experience that will allow you to beat the University of Iowa? Because they really are the team that everyone needs to beat at this point. Yeah, I would say first and foremost, and obviously they had a great leader there in Tom Brands. Um, you know, there's a culture out there. They're used to winning. You're expected to win, and I would say, you know, number one is 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 whatever university is going to catch Iowa or beat them. Uh, is a university that has to have ceiling high standards. The, ex- the expectations have to be through the roof. I can say from my own experience there, taking second in the country uh, for Dan Gable of the University of Iowa, it was it was a letdown to some degree. I felt as though I did not do my job. Um, and that's, you know, real life stuff. It's not, oh, you were a failure, this and that. I'm still, uh, you know, life goes on. But to some degree, you certainly felt that uh, you did not fulfill the 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 purpose uh, from a wrestling standpoint of why you were there and that was when a national championship and that all stems from incredibly high expectations uh, expectations where you 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 have ten national champions you have ten Big Ten champions so so you know in in leading Ohio State I feel like I've I've got a great staff great people around me and the standards are that that uh, you know the goals have ten national champions the goals have ten Big Ten champions and uh, you know reach your full potential so. So I, you know, I think that was probably, for me, uh, you know, the, the, the greatest learning experience. That that uh, you know, there was no, there was you know, really no tolerating, uh, you know, you not believing, having a deep inner belief that that you're going to win the championship here. Does placing second to Pat Smith, as we alluded to, in that 1991 final, did that do anything <clears throat> later to make you a better coach? Absolutely. Uh, it absolutely did. I think that, uh, you know, some of the things leading up to the event, 
some of the things throughout the year. You know, you look at as a person, as a young person, a 21-year-old guy, you know, going through different things in life. Wrestling was the most important thing in my life at the time, but there were things I could have done differently. And I think as a coach, you know, you try to communicate with your student athletes, you know, the things that the things that you could have done differently and the things that I saw, I mean, fortunately I was around Tom Brand, I was around, I saw some, some great people, Lincoln Macquarie, Troy Steiner. I mean, they were just a great group of men around me and, and they happened to win it. I happened to not win it. They happened to win it. So you, you I got to pull uh, a lot of, a lot of things from a lot of very good people. And uh, it's, there's no question it's helped me as a coach. One of your assistant coaches is Joe Heskett. And a few years ago, he, had a heart condition where he can no longer wrestle competitively. What has his role turned into as an assistant coach? Does he have that opportunity to at least show technique? And tell us. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. What his role is right now as an assistant coach at Ohio State. Yeah, Joe is invaluable to the program. I mean, the guy is uh, he's a special person uh, on and off the mat. His main responsibility right now is recruiting. Uh, he's the head recruiter uh, for the program. Uh, parents immediately, obviously, uh, Take a liking to him because he had a great perspective on life. Uh, you know, the guy was two or three minutes away from death, uh, and that's not being dramatic. That's just a real life story. I mean, his heart rate went from 60 to 280, uh, and and he's fortunate to be uh, be, be alive. Um, he's a great recruiter. He gets on the back. He still wrestles. I mean, he he's got an internal defibrillator. He wrestles uh, live with our guys. He teaches our guys, and uh, you know, he brings a lot. He's a, he's a homegrown Ohio boy. Uh, he brings a lot uh, to the table for this program and is, and is one of the main reasons why uh, we've had great success in our first three years. We also have Tommy Rollins there. And so you have a young staff in terms of uh, age. What does the, the youthfulness of the staff do in helping with recruiting? It, it seems to me that they'd be real, uh, closer in age to some of the athletes and they can kind of have that, that joking rapport with them as well as being able to be serious with the parents. What, how much of, uh, of a role does age play with your assistant coaches in recruiting? Well, I think, I think you know, first and foremost, the most, uh, you know, the, the guy that I had to get here was Lou Rizzelli. I mean, Lou's got a lot of freestyle experience. He has a great reputation as a coach. Um, so bringing Lou here allowed me to really get Tommy Rollins and Joe Heskett, who at the time were competing, trying to make the Olympic team. So they felt comfortable that Lou had the freestyle experience to assist them which helped me bring them back to Ohio. Uh, or keep Tommy Rollins at Ohio and bring Joe Heskett from the training center to Ohio State. Having those two in the room as young people, the most important thing is, is uh, was that they could train alongside these guys and, and whoop them. And, and what a lesson it was for some of our higher-level guys to say, you know what, I'm doing really well, but look, how, look, look at the level out there. So I think it gave them perspective, which was crucial, uh, you know, for the program. So, so their youth, the main thing, it obviously helped recruiting, but it really, it really helped in the room with the training and, and again, giving our, giving our student athletes a perspective on the level they could get to. Tom, I have to ask you why the decision to move Mike Basillo up to 197 during the Northwestern duel? Man, am I glad you asked. 
I was hoping that question would come up tonight. Well, he stole that question from me. I was the one that was going to ask you. I I love that question. I'm I'm so happy you asked because it was the right decision. It was 100% the right decision. Um, So let's, well, let's review that. Let's review that scenario. So I've been coaching for 16 years. Uh, My philosophy, my philosophy will always be the group. It's about the group. It's about the team. Every dual meet matters. Jay Robinson has pushed and talked continually about the importance of dual meets, how we've got to find a way in this sport to make dual meets more important than they are. He's talked about having the postseason national championship. He's talked about trying to get the NCAA to sanction a dual meet event because I think, it's, I think this sport is so much more than any one individual. So the goal every time Ohio State takes the mat, my responsibility, my responsibility is to, is to put this team in position to win every single time we take a match. Now, are we afraid of Jake Herbert? That would be... Do I respect Jake Herbert? Absolutely. So, we flip the coin. Let's get a couple, a couple of things straight. The reason why I bumped Mike Basile, because it was, it, it, to me, it guaranteed, it guaranteed Ohio State the win. At 184 pounds, it was our responsibility to put the man on the mat first. Northwestern won the coin toss and chose the bounce that put us in a position to put Mike on the mat first. We put out a different 84 pounder. If Northwestern wanted that, if, if it was only about that matchup, Northwestern was in control of that matchup. They dictated whether Mike and, and, and Herbert wrestled, not me. My job was to see that Ohio State won that duel. I've got a backup in who I respect and care a lot about in Jason Cook, but I felt that his chance of winning at 97 were not nearly as good as Mike Vasillo's. So we bump up Mike. Northwestern could have forfeited or put someone else on the mat, and the matchup would have happened. But beyond that, the most important thing was that there were conversations about this the week before when Lance Palmer underwent some, some treatment for his knee that did not allow him to wrestle. I would never sit a student athlete. I would never sit a student athlete that could wrestle to protect the seed, to, to uh, protect an, a potential injury, I would never do it. If it does not, if, if, if it would jeopardize the success of the team, they would compete. So I moved Mike up for that reason alone, because at 197, Schoen was a much easier competitor to beat than Jay Kerber. Does it mean I have, 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 have faith in Mike Rosillo? What a ludicrous statement. Ludicrous. Do I think that Jay Kerber is tougher to beat? Then shown, it was a simple mathematical equation. Shown is 5 and 16. Jake Herbert is one heck of a wrestler. This team's going to win tonight, and we're going to do it by moving Mike up. Mike wanted to wrestle Herbert. He asked me to wrestle him. But he is not bigger than the team, and it was about the team, and that's why he moved up. All right. I think that's, uh, that covers everything. Well, and, on and the one thing, just playing devil's advocate here, in terms yeah, go of... Go ahead. Throw it at me. Oh, yeah, well... I was looking at it, and I had actually made this comment on the boards. Now, if, if, if you're looking at it from a conspiracy theorist state of mind, mm-hmm. the move mm-hmm. actually was kind of smart in terms of, okay, undefeated, national champ. You could argue for the number one seed at, at the Big Ten tournament. Well, I will. We haven't lost in 60 matches straight, and I will. I mean, the pre-seeds are done. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these coaches vote. I looked at some other weight classes with the pre-seeds, and it's interesting to see the way some of these things worked out based on the precedes. So we'll see. If we're number two, that's the way it works out. 
We're the defending national champion. We're the defending Big Ten champion. And under no circumstances might Priscilla move to protect the seed uh, or run from Jake. I have tremendous respect for this sport and the people that were in that audience. I have tremendous respect for the people that, that were watching wherever they were watching from. We wanted the matchup. As soon as Lance Palmer, we found a Lance couldn't wrestle that week, we automatically set down. We need six wins, guys. We need six wins here. And the way the matchups work, right, the smartest thing may be to move Mike up. Now, have everyone know that at 174, Dave Rella is on the mat wrestling at Northwestern. Mike Priscillo knew that if Dave Rella loses in overtime, he, has to, he is going out at 184. If Dave Rella loses at 74, we need three wins to win the Dumi. Mike's going out. On another note, Mike Priscillo knew that if at Wisconsin, if they came down to Mike Priscillo bumping up to beat Dallas Herbst, he was going up. It is always about the team. Keep in mind that our starter wasn't in the lineup at 97 that night. Cody Gardner was not in the lineup. So, so it wasn't as though, you know, faith in this guy. It was never about that. There was open communication between me, my staff, and our student-athletes, and they were 100% dual meets will be about the team. Now, if the dual meet is already over, if we had no chance of winning, Mike Vasilla would have won on the mat against Jake Herbert. I feel strongly, obviously, that Mike Vasilla is a defending national champion. He hasn't beaten a year and a half, and he should be the number one seed of the Big Ten champions, and I'll fight for that. All right. I, well, you, you ask one so question. Throw some more of the other angle at me because, you know, I, I'm interested here, you know, what could the other angle possibly be? What are we teaching people to say that, that, that uh, you know, the whole one is bigger than the whole? Well, I was I looking at the angle yeah. in terms from the, from the seating situation because there's a guy that's going to be sitting at that third seat that's also going to be pretty dangerous. Now, I'm, I'm speaking from a conspiracy theorist type of way. Would, yeah. uh, would you have to go through the four seed to get to the finals and be a finalist and have a one or two seed at nationals or have to deal with a guy like Phil Ketty in the semis and then have Jake Herbert, where if you get upset or if you're the two seed, you get upset, you're not a one or two seed at, at, at the nationals. So I'm yeah. sure all those things yeah. come up, but that's just looking at it from no, the outsider's point, point of view. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, that's a great point. And we felt, I felt that Mike Priscillo, the match, you know what, Mike, if you're going to win it, you may have to beat Caddy. You may have to beat Kurt Smith. You're going to have to beat Jake Herbert. You know what, this is about the team. It's about the team and us winning this match tonight. And I think there are, I think, I hopefully I'm speaking for Buckeye Nation, which I feel is real, in that, you know what, what, what coach in his right mind, any other sport, what coach in football wouldn't attack the cornerback, the weakest cornerback on another team? What, 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 what coach in other sport wouldn't attack the, the, the side of the line that's not as good as the other side of the line? I mean, that's basically the decision that was made. You know? And, and I, it's not that I don't see the other side, but, but I, I, obviously I feel we, we, the way it worked out for me, the goal is to win that night. This team won. Ohio State beat Northwestern on that evening. Therefore, it worked. Now, might it have worked if Mike went 84? Sure. Sure. But we went with a simple, you know what, this makes the most sense for this team to get the win. And if it hurt Mike and it cost him the number one seed at the Big Tens, Mike Vasillo, as, as tough as Keddy is, you better beat Keddy, and then you better beat Herbert. All right. We, uh, I, I appreciate your candidness on that move, but that may have felt like the hot box, but it's not. We still have a segment of the show we call the hot <laughs> box. We lock you in the sauna. We turn up the heat. We ask you five questions. Tom Ryan, sure. are you ready to go in the hot box? I'm ready. I don't think there's anything hotter than the no, question we not. just asked. The, so this, this is your cool down, Yeah, coach. this is the cool down. Uh, number one, hey, who like, is your favorite yeah. wrestler not on your own team? 
is my favorite wrestler not no he he absolutely is on my he absolutely is on my team okay but someone outside of your team no 165 pounder i love him okay <laughs> jason uh, it's acceptable because you never want to get, you know, you've got the best 10 guys on your team. Well, it's uh, the, the best 10, your favorite 10 guys. So I'll take the, I'll take it as a correct answer. Question two, one moment that has defined who you are as a person. Coach, you there? Hello? Did we lose Tom Ryan? I think we might have lost Coach Ryan. Let's uh, let's give him a call back here in a second. So hang tight. We'll give Coach Ryan a call back. You guys can't hear that, but we can. We're not letting Tom Ryan off the hook. Coach, you there? Yes, sir. Oh, sorry about that. We, uh, looks like we lost you. Question two, Kyle, continue. Question two, one moment that has defined who you are as a person. February 16, 2004, the loss of my son. Jason, no doubt we'll take that. Yeah, because that was a situation where, um, Tom, there's, if, if, you, if you don't mind, there's still a scholarship situation in your son Teague's name at Hofstra. You want to tell us anything, uh, anything about that, the, the, the funding that can still go towards that, that, that situation? Yeah, just briefly, the class of that institution, uh, Tom Shiflett, the class of Tom Shiflett, the head coach there, the administration, uh, obviously, you know, recently they – they announced that uh, and funded a new facility in, in memory of Teague. It's called the Teague Ryan Complex. There's a the, obviously they still are working on getting it completely funded. So any any uh, donations would be appreciated to Hofstra in the name of the Teague Ryan Complex. And uh, so there's also a scholarship there in his name. And again, it's a, it's a testament to the institution I work for and the type of people that are there. All right, thank you for that. And uh, question number three, you're two for two right now. Why is Charlie short for Charles if they are the same amount of letters? Why is Charlie short for Charles if it is no idea? <laughs> yeah, I don't either. That's that's the right answer. Uh, I have no idea either, but uh, one of those things that I don't think can be answered. Which also leads me to a, a sub-question here. How tough was that uh, that semifinal last year having to coach against a kid, uh, Charles Griffin, who you recruited at Hofstra, and then sitting across the corner with, uh, with, Jay, with Jay Jaggers? Yeah, uh, Charles Griffin, one of my favorite uh, student athletes I've ever coached. Uh, just a great, uh, great young man. And obviously, uh, you know, with Jay Jaggers for two years, it was it was uh, difficult from the standpoint that you respect them both, but obviously, uh, could be happy with the outcome. Question number four: Would you have been a two-time All-American had you not transferred from Syracuse to Iowa? Uh, not sure about that. Uh, certainly. Uh, I don't know if I'd be the head coach at Ohio State or if I'd have the, uh, you know, some of the learn some of the lessons I learned. But uh, I was around some good people at Syracuse, great people at Iowa, and uh, uh, I would say that uh, the chances were certainly not as good. Uh, I guess I like mathematical formulas, and the one was uh, uh, leaving Syracuse and going to Iowa. I think put me in a better situation to attain the things that I wanted for my life. All right, last question, and we're giving you a correct answer on that. Jason, are you in on that one? Yeah. Okay, question number five. The 2007 wrestling team won the Buckeyes Got Talent competition. The 2008 team dressed up like women. Would you ever dress up like a woman to provide entertainment? Yes, I would. You would? I did. I dressed up as a woman frequently on Halloween. 
You do. Uh, so, so years ago as a child, yeah, I think a cheerleader once. That's, that's a bombshell uh, announcement, Coach. You realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that. Let me say that it was Halloween, uh, and those are the times that I did. Obviously, our team was was uh, assisting the university in raising funds uh, for a nonprofit organization. And uh, as you stated, they won the talent show the first time, which was a surprise to me. And the second time, uh, we didn't win it. So we want to defend the, we want to defend our initial title. All right, you were in the longest hot box ever, but you are out. Thank you for being on the program, Tom Ryan, and we wish you all the best at the Big Ten Tournament. Thank you. All right, Coach Tom Ryan of Ohio State University. We went a little over an hour, but Jason, I don't think either of us mind. I don't think so either because, uh, man, that might have been the single longest explanation to a simple question we've ever asked. And you stole that question from me, by the way. I told you I was going to ask that question. Well, you weren't. You, uh, it was getting I was near giving the you the hand signal. It was getting near Jeez, the end. Jeez, it was getting near the end. Don't give me that. Hey. Jeez. Who's the prima donna here? You. I'm just kidding. It's me still. But <laughs> on that note, uh, that wraps up our edition of Wrestling 411 for this evening. We'd like to thank Tim Johnson of Iowa Public Television, ESPN, and the Big Ten Network for coming on along with Tom Ryan, head coach at The Ohio State University. It's going to be a big week. We're kicking off. Tomorrow we ship out, head to Cedar Falls for our show at the Dan Gable International Wrestling Institute and Museum. Thursday, we'll bring in you a Division Three Championship preview live from Cedar Rapids. And then Friday and Saturday, we'll give you updates and coverage from the Division Three Championships, including a live <clears throat> in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Live co-promotional Outfit with NCAA.com. We'll be providing the audio for the NCAA's video of the live finals on the web at NCAA.com. We'll have also information on where to find that at Wrestling411.tv. So that's just the first leg, the second leg of our 411 Wrestling Championship Crusade. So for Kyle Klingman and Jason Bryant, this has been Wrestling411 for Tuesday, March the 3rd. We'll see you soon.